Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Hashtag Gen Z. I'm your host, Megan Grace. Hey there, this is episode 29 of Hashtag Gen Z. If you tuned into the last episode, Kevin J. Patel, the founder and executive director of One Up Action, joined me to discuss environmentalism, and specifically how Generation Z is leading the way in the discussion and movement around intersectional climate justice and the environmental movement. What I loved about that episode is that Kevin did not shy away from encouraging us to think about the importance of diverse identities and perspectives being present in the climate movement. The idea of diverse perspectives and identities will continue in this episode as we explore the entertainment industry, media, and expression. With content creation reigning supreme, Generation Z is at the forefront of new media and creating the face of the entertainment industry. Social media and online media is critical to how Generation Z expresses themselves. While they have GIFs and memes and emojis, they're also growing up alongside platforms like Twitter, Instagram and TikTok, allowing them to chronicle their lives, build connections, and express emotion and experience of human life. Media is so intertwined in this generation's identity expression. In fact, more than 75% of Generation Z report being comfortable negotiating multiple identities, both in person and online. Another study found that nearly half of members of Generation Z report that social media has a direct impact on how they feel about themselves. Media and expression have evolved with this generation, but we have to note the significance of how Generation Z's upbringing in the digital age has and will influence how they express themselves and the entertainment that they consume. In this episode, I'm joined by Marissa Chib, creator of a media and entertainment platform that creates blogs and video content for female audiences. It is a study theology of film, fashion, words, travel, and a lifestyle. Marissa is an alumna of Brown University, where she graduated with honors and studied screenwriting and filmmaking. While at Brown, she wrote and acted in over 20 projects, culminating in her honors thesis, a small anthology series that examined how science fiction and technology-driven narratives can be leveraged to create more cultural representation on screen. Marissa has also created a screenwriting forum, a space where future television writers can come together, give feedback, and exchange notes on each other's work. I'm so excited to welcome my new friend, Marissa Chib to the conversation today. And we're going to be exploring a really fun topic that I think actually captures Generation Z pretty well, and that's creativity and expression. And creativity is something that has been a part of Marissa's story and interests and passion, uh, both personally, academically, but also now professionally. So I'm excited to uh, have someone who really focuses on creativity and expression as a part of the conversation. So welcome, Marissa. Thank you. And thank you for having me. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about how you got into really the study of creativity and how it's a part of your work and essentially your everyday life? Sure, absolutely. So I graduated from Brown University in the spring of 2019. 
Um, I was an honors graduate in the MCM, which is the film department there, with a concentration in screenwriting. And I also took acting courses, visual arts courses on the side. Um, at Brown, I wrote and performed in over 10 projects, culminating in my honors thesis, which was a series of scripts that examined how narrative traditions in different genres can be used to represent diversity. And that has a lot to do with what we're talking about today and new media. At age 21, I launched a media and entertainment platform to create space for smaller content creators, but especially women and people of color. And since graduating, I now work full-time in the industry. I'm also working on a literary journal for the entertainment industry and lead a small invitation-based writers group for serious screenwriters. It's amazing that you've been able to take your academic training and really weave that into your professional work. I think that that's a, a big blessing that some some college graduates don't find that they're able to do that. And I love that you've really leaned into your passion in doing so. You know, you mentioned that you're really trying to put forth this kind of uh, a priority around diversity and representation in media and expression. And I think that that's so needed in today's world because we see media and we see content that doesn't necessarily uh, fit for who I think American society is and a global society is. And so I love that that is a part of the passion that you're bringing into the work that you're doing in the creative and expressive uh, spaces. So let's talk a little bit about what creativity and expression means to Generation Z. We're lucky that we have you, someone that is a member of Generation Z, but also you work in that space with uh, some of your Generation Z peers. So from your perspective, what does it mean for, for creativity and expression? Yeah, absolutely. So I think what differentiates our generation are the external factors we grew up with, specifically the rise of technology and how that affects how we view content and discuss it amongst ourselves. Um, you know, technology drives life, it drives innovation, and we're at a really exciting time because the information era has given rise to new ways of telling stories. Um, within the formal entertainment industry itself, Hollywood, where I work, it used to be that you'd have a smaller pool of content, a set number of TV channels and movie studios, and those were pretty siloed, and that was what you had on your slate for the year. Um, and with streaming coming up in the last 10 years and content being produced for all those streaming channels, we're seeing both a diversity of content in representation, but also in narratives and genres. A show is no longer a drama or a single cam comedy like Modern Family or a multi-cam comedy like a sitcom. It can blur those lines. It can introduce new conventions like a show like Black Mirror. Uh, format narrative have blurred. So that's really exciting and important. And it's not lost on me that that helps drive diverse storytelling as well. I look at shows like Orange is the New Black on Netflix, which was really the first show that showed our generation what streamers could do and how content could be generated in a new way. It was a show that blurred the line between drama and dark comedy. It messed with a five-act structure, but it also introduced us to this idea of binge-watching an entire season and having content created for this idea of consuming it in a week instead of a year-long event. Um, 
Hollywood saw that they're a corporation like anyone else. They saw the success of that. And they've started, of course, replicating that with Hulu, with Disney+. And it's allowed more diverse filmmakers to enter the space. But it's also allowed our generation to demand that stories are told in this new narrative structure and the way in which we want content and our social media has evolved to produce it, whether it be TikTok or YouTube, has been in this way where we're now getting huge chunks of content very, very quickly. And the turnover allows for so many more voices. So in in some ways, what you're saying is that because we have newer technology streaming and the fact that there's a demand for more content and more content up front, it's allowing more people to be not only involved in the creative process, but be featured in that creative process. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's also a more democratized space because new media platforms like TikTok, Instagram, YouTube allow the everyday person to create content and also to have influencer celebrity and very new celebrity become more mainstream. You know, there's a crossover between TikTok stars being cast in movies and HBO Max shows being shown on YouTube and filmed for a YouTube audience. So there's no line anymore. And people are more and more investing in pursuing new media versus traditional media, which is very exciting for the everyday person who wants to become a creator. I find that interesting because when I was in college and YouTube was relatively still new-ish, we we saw like the YouTube star like kind of emerge. And I remember there being, I don't even know if you remember him, Jimmy Tatro, like way back when kind of had this like ongoing series of like silly frat bro videos. But like now he's like segued into like a legit career in like acting and in – in being featured in like other online series. And so it's so interesting to see kind of like that jump of, you know, how you mentioned everyday people. Like I saw him in the bookstore one day. I was like, you are an everyday person buying books. Um, But I do think it's it's so interesting that you bring that up, that it's not only just um, happening on YouTube. I think TikTok is another way where we're seeing kind of a new wave of how celebrities are, are stepping into a new space or influencers stepping into a new space that's segueing into careers. And I think that that's kind of beautiful and magical and uh, that people that maybe didn't realize that they had kind of this this knack for acting or this knack for being on screen or, or performing are able to find that avenue for their passion. And so I think that that is really a cool thing, as you said, that's democratizing entertainment. It's democratizing expression. So uh, we've touched a little bit on it, but you know, with TikTok being so new and so big, YouTube being ever present in the lives of Generation Z, what are some of the other trends related to creativity and expression that we need to be paying attention to with Generation Z? So I think that we're just going to see this trend progress where the line between what's known as influencer culture and traditional celebrity continues to blur. You brought up some really great examples. I also think of Lily Singh, the YouTuber who now has a late night show. It's a show backed and vetted by the entertainment industry and it is very much traditional media. Um, Likewise, Addison Rae, who's a TikTok star, is now being cast in the lead role of the remake of She's All That. And 
five years ago, 20 years ago, it would have been unfathomable for an everyday person to take an app into their own hands, create their own fame, and then become a celebrity from that. But I think in talking about these trends, we should also understand how they can be leveraged for good and how they influence the trends in the industry. Because I think that our generation is very vocal. We're very activist. We saw that in the last few months with Black Lives Matter, with Greta Thunberg, and then a few years ago with Me Too and Time's Up. And it's important to understand that when we view content on TikTok and YouTube, because they're more self-governing platforms to give space to the creators that will five years down the line, lead those movements. While in Hollywood, now there is a bit more regulation of that and a call for that. We ourselves as viewers in these spaces need to make sure we're making space for that as well. So you mentioned that there are some some trends that are going on that, um, because I think you, you live in such a, a unique intersection of working with kind of small scale creators, um, being a creator yourself, but then also you're working in like probably the most notable entertainment industry in the world. Um, and I think that the small scale creators are eventually going to evolve the, the large creative industries that we've known for the most majority of our lives. How do you think Generation Z's methods of creation and expression are impacting and shaping those creative industries. Um, you know, I, I think it's very different today than just you know studying your life at film and then being like, I'm going to submit film, um, I'm going to submit screenplays for my entire life until one gets picked up. I think that uh, you know, you and I have actually talked about it how some of this the the pickup process in itself is changing a little bit. But what are ways in which Generation Z's methods of creation? Are, are kind of shaping industries or industries as we've known it in the creative space? Sure. Yeah, I love that question. So to share a little bit of my story in the space, um, I've always thought of myself as a writer, as a storyteller. You know, even when I was a kid, I had that urge to scribble down stories. And sometimes when I couldn't get to a piece of paper, I'd grab a Sharpie and my hands would be covered with quotes or words that I like that I couldn't wait to integrate. Um, And it wasn't until about high school that I realized the way in which I write and create characters and build worlds was very visual, and it lent itself best to screenwriting. I also act, so I wanted to be a part of the material I created. So, you know, I went to college, I studied it, and I moved out here. And figuring out how to get your foot in the door in an industry like this when you don't have connections is an interesting thing for our generation because it's the dual utilization of the traditional way people come up in the industry and also the way our generation leverages social media and what I call our second life online. So traditionally, when somebody is starting out in the entertainment industry, the first thing they have to do is work on their craft. You know, any extra hour is spent writing or going to an acting class or a stand-up gig. And then above and beyond that, you find a traditional job, a nine to five, usually an assistant or grunt work position because you're starting out, but you use it to build connections and hope that that can leverage into your next position that will get you closer to a creative role. So those are things I've all done. But what is unique for this period and for us is that we are also able to create our own content in the little moments that we have because good content creates 
traditional media these days. So viral Huffington Post articles can greenlight a TV series. TikTok stars can be cast in movies. So it's about finding those pockets of time and really throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks. Um, That's why I created a platform for women and people of color when I was 21, because it was a place that we could come together and write or create videos. And if one person brought an audience with them, suddenly everyone was privy to that audience and we supported each other in that way. It was an online or 21st century literary journal and it allowed us to create and control our own exposure while still working our day jobs within traditional media. Well, and I think that also itself brings up like a notion that's very present in the lives of Generation Z, which is it's a side hustle in some cases, not necessarily a side hustle, but what you brought up is kind of like a side hustle mentality of this idea of like, if you don't immediately become a famous TikToker that gets cast in a movie, it's not to say that you have to quit that that daydream, if you will. You can still work a, you know, maybe a traditional nine to five job, get a paycheck, but spend your evenings contributing to a literary journal, just like you've brought up, or you're able to create in your own way. And so I think that that's an important lesson that maybe society is learning from Generation Z is that you can have a job that might not necessarily be traditionally creative and still have creative outlets. And I think that's important and something that we've kind of seen in our research is that from a traditionally creative perspective, Generation Z rates themselves relatively low in having opportunities to develop creativity, especially in the K-12 setting, because we've seen defunded arts and um, defunded theater and music programs, but um, students still really want that opportunity. And so I think in some ways, Generation Z is becoming like self-taught creatives. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think what differentiates us from other generations is a willingness to push and a belief in self-fulfillment. And I think that narratives around a lot of industries, but especially Hollywood, are changing because it used to be, oh, if you're a wannabe actress, good luck. It's one in a million and it's all based on luck. And granted, that's still true. Luck still rule in casting rooms. But if you show up every day, and I truly believe if you work hard and you're talented enough and you're focused on the work and in putting yourself in the best position to have that work viewed, our current world will reward that in some way. Because like I said, content's being pulled from everywhere. While before it was really a rare mix of meeting the right people and having the right connections. And I really don't see that being true because our generation has stood up and said there's so much out there if you just come looking for it well and I think generation Z also has no problem saying like you don't have to look that hard it's right here like here's all my talent so uh, not that they're sharing every I I don't think they overshare online if you want to know about a member of generation Z there's very likely like a whole portfolio of their humor on TikTok or, you know, their, um, their philosophical perspectives and their, their YouTube videos, you name it. So I do think that there are new tools for creativity that exist for young people and that maybe for some creativity isn't painting a painting, but it is, uh, putting together a really important informative TikTok that, um, educates their peers. Like that in itself takes creativity and takes creative solutions. 
So you've mentioned a few times about really your passion is making sure that diverse perspectives, BIPOC, and that especially women have a platform to be able to be a part of creative processes, expression, and have a platform to be able to share their experiences. And I think it's a good time to use this conversation as a platform. What, who are some of the diverse creators and creators that you've worked with or that you admire that we all need to be paying attention to and supporting and learning? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think within traditional media, the, the really great thing is there's an explosion of diverse content and a lot of social events like Black Lives Matter drive the demand for more content, which you know, it's a shame that that has had to be the catalyst, but I'm glad it is pushing for that. So from very large filmmakers like Ava DuVernay or somebody like Taika Waititi, who is, you know, from New Zealand and from an indigenous background, I think that's phenomenal. But also you trickle down to television creators. Um, you look at, you know, a show like Watchmen, which is finally drawing attention to the Oklahoma race riots a hundred years after they happened. And I think that is a really interesting show. And then also you go on a new media platform like TikTok or YouTube. And that's where it gets a little bit trickier because people have to really actively govern themselves. It's not with Netflix, when you click on it, you're offered a hundred hundred episodes and within that diversity is there and there's an industry monitoring that and now asking for it after so many years but with Netflix and content creation I think um or sorry with YouTube and content creation I still think that we see the people getting the biggest influencer deals and the people rising the most quickly to fame not necessarily being BIPOC and a lot of times men doing the same thing as women get the biggest deals. People like, you know, Logan Paul, Jake Paul did the same things as plenty of female creators before them, but they're the ones who rose very, very quickly. And I think it's on us as a generation to say, you know, why don't I go out and I find the creators who I resonate with, but maybe who challenge this narrative of what's out there? Yeah, I think that... It's there's a demand for it, and that's a really good perspective that you brought up. Is that we are seeing more and more diversity, we're seeing more and more access into the industry, if you will. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we're still seeing trends of previous reward system kind of taking place for people that um, traditionally have always been present. If you want to say you're, you know, you're white, male, attractive, cisgender, able-bodied. Uh, actor is still rising from the YouTube ranks into being able to have um, a prominent career. And not to say that those people don't deserve it, but there are other people in our society that would like to see people like them represented in media and represented in creative spaces. So I commend Generation Z for always continually pushing that they want they want to see people that look like them or they actually want to hear from people that are different from them because I think that's important in itself is, is learning from other people's experiences. And I think that's the beauty of media and the, the beauty of, of content that we're able to produce is that we can learn about the experiences of other people because it's, it's really difficult to ever be able to say like, I'm going to actually know what it's like to be 
living the experiences of people that have different backgrounds than I do, but we can do our very best to, to learn. Um, and we can do our very best to, to understand those differences. And I think that's what media allows us to do is to peek into and, and try to live a little bit of it. So I'm, I'm proud that Generation Z is, is continually pushing the envelope, continually putting forth the things that matter to them and the values. Um, and I think it does matter. Uh, and it's in a unique way that Generation Z has this platform to be able, and I love the term that you used, democratize media, democratize content, and the fact that all eyes are on Generation Z right now because they are the young up and coming generation. And so what is cool with Gen Z is really going to have ripple effects into what is cool in society. And the way that they are democratizing it is the way of who they follow on social media and how they engage with those people, because we know that social media has had such a a prominent impact on economy. So I think that we're going to continue to see generations, these ripple effects of their desires to, to see diverse representation and diverse people and diverse perspectives in media. Yeah, absolutely. And I love what you said about this you know, that there is always still a place for those content creators who represent the traditional narrative. I love people like Cody Ko on YouTube, who is a straight white man. I don't want him to go anywhere because I think his content is phenomenal. But what we're seeing with smaller content creators and with the larger industry is because we're a generation that demands more content, there's a seat at the table for everyone. And I think the people who will traditionally rise through the avenues they're used to will get there and they should be there and we should never bar them from being there. But it's on us to just elevate the other voices as well and bring them to the table as well. And we see that a lot with viewers and consumers holding social media campaigns accountable when things look a little too homogenous and I'm really proud of our generation for saying this campaign doesn't represent my friend group. This doesn't represent the America that I want to see and not playing the race card or playing the diversity card, but saying, I want everyone in my life to feel included when they turn on a television or click on social media. Because for a lot of people of color and a lot of women, when I was growing up, I didn't see people who looked like me. And I love that our generation is taking it upon ourselves to make sure that the next one doesn't have to see that and doesn't have to go through that. And that is, I think, one of those things that I love about Generation Z is that you don't get beaten like up by what you didn't have growing up and you don't harp on it. You're like, I want to make it better for the next generation. Like if I could, if I could uh, bottle up the essence of Generation Z, that might actually be it of this idea of it, it sucks it, it happened to me, but it doesn't have to happen to others. Cause there are a lot of people in this world that would say it happened to me. Why isn't anyone fixing the problem for me and focusing on me and generation Z? It's like, yeah, it, I, I'm going to recognize that, but I'm also going to move on and I'm going to identify that we can have a productive path forward. And I think that that's so important. Absolutely. Yeah. So I really think that this 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 conversation has really gotten into my head more about some of the things of like I was I was communication studies but with a focus on media in college and so I've just absolutely loved this conversation Marissa and it's really gotten me back into this like deep philosophical uh, thought around what is the purpose of media in society 
And for the longest time, I think that has been heavily defined as the role of media in society is intended to be a mirror and reflection of society. But for a very long time, and I would say probably as you've identified up into the last like seven to 10 years, it didn't actually accurately reflect society and the society that we are living in today. And so this conversation has given me really great hope that maybe that's going to change. And there are people like you that are working, young professionals that are doing incredibly important work in creative and and, um, expressive spaces to be able to change what media looks like so it can better reflect our society and be a mirror for our society. So Marissa, before we get going, I always ask my guests, and I think that you're going to give a phenomenal answer to this question, but what is your favorite thing about your fellow Generation Z peers? Yeah, I mean, I love that question so much because I think that there there's just a willingness to push and this overwhelming belief in self-fulfillment. So I look at people around me, especially in my close circle within my industry itself, whether it's in my screenwriters group or my co-workers or in my acting class. And I see people who are, for lack of a better word, hustling all the time. We wake up at five or six, we work out, we write a script for three hours, we go to our day job, we go to acting class, we go to bed, and we do it all over again. And it's exhausting on one hand, but it's also exhilarating to see so many people who believe that if they push hard enough and they work hard enough, they'll leave it all out there and what will happen will happen, but they're not allowing the world to determine their fate or they're not allowing these narratives that we've had for so long controlling content determine whether or not they are able to be in these spaces. And I see that in a lot of different industries for our generation, whether it's law or investment banking or medicine. And I think that's phenomenal. So I'm just so excited for my peers. And I hope that everyone believes that if they work hard enough, the universe will provide a path for them and it will open up opportunities. I agree with you. Generation Z is all about the hustle. I love that they are, I I call them a scrappy generation, but they are very much so, they're putting in the time, they're putting in the effort. They're not by any means wasting their years of having youthful vitality. But at the same time, I always caution members of Generation Z, and you're going to get it too, because you are a member of Generation Z, and I know that you work very hard, is that they don't take care of themselves and they don't rest. And that is like proven. We've got medical science that says that they sleep less, that they um, are not prioritizing themselves in some of that. And so this is my my call to you and my, my call to all the Gen Z out there. Make sure that you take care of yourselves. Make sure that you're resting. Um, and counting your small wins is very big wins and encouraging the rest and relaxation that's necessary to to keep the longevity and sustainability of the important work that they're all doing right now. So that is... That's my call to Gen Z and that's my call to you. Take care of yourself, Marissa, because you're so important in this space. Thank you so much. And I absolutely agree with you. Um, And we're going through a pandemic. So regular burnout is real, but also digital burnout is real. Taking days off when you can from social media, from technology. And just, yeah, you're right. Celebrating the small wins is phenomenal. So thank you for that. I really appreciate it. I just want to thank you for being here. This has been a wonderful conversation. And I feel like we could sit and talk about 
media and creative spaces for hours, but um, we got to call it somewhere, right? (laughs) Absolutely. No, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. First, a big thank you to Marissa for joining me in this episode. Marissa is doing incredible work to diversify media and provide outlets for Generation Z creators to express themselves and their identities. While media has has while media has been rapidly evolving in the last decade, Generation Z has helped push that evolution along. I think we'll continue to see Generation Z, both in the terms of mega celebrities and everyday people, pushing the entertainment industry and media in new ways for more diverse content, for more consumption opportunities, and for opportunities for expression. As I mentioned in my conversation with Marissa, I think media is a reflection of society. As society is a pivotal point in many aspects, I think we will see Generation Z working to help define and redefine media to better illuminate the reality of the society that we live in. And thank you to tuning into this episode. It's great to be back, and I'll be releasing more episodes soon. If you want to keep up the conversation between episodes, I'm excited to share a new adventure for hashtag Gen Z listeners. There's now a hashtag Gen Z Patreon community. Through the Patreon community, you can become a member of a community of Generation Z listeners. Think of this as a book club style experience for listeners of this podcast. It provides more ways for listeners to come together to discuss episodes, as well as current events and Generation Z. There are three tiers of membership. Each membership has unique benefits from early access to episode content to live Q&A sessions and one-on-one calls with me to discuss all your Gen Z questions. More information about the hashtag Gen Z listener Patreon community will be found in the show notes on my website, but you can also find more information at patreon.com slash Gen Z Megan M. Grace. And as always, if you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll continue to discuss the social issues important to Generation Z in coming episodes, but if you have a topic you're interested in or a member of Generation Z that I need to chat with, please head over to my website, meganmgrace.com, or find me on social media to drop me a quick note. Thank you again for stopping by for this episode. Let's continue this conversation, and we'll chat soon. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.